Welcome to the fourth quarter NBA podcast. My name's Michael and sitting next to me is my good friend and co-host Brian. How are you doing today, sir, on the 7th of November? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We're, we're recording on a slightly different day today, aren't we? That's right. I mean, we're recording on a Monday because real life. And that's why we couldn't give you guys a show last week as well. Yeah, some, sometimes things just do not fall quite into place. I, I'm glad we got to finish our NBA countdown before uh, the top 30 teams before actually missing an episode out just without really announcing it. Yeah. That probably was for the best. But we're back. The regular season has been going on for about a week now. We're yeah, really into it. We're watching games. It's fantastic. It's been a very fantastic... It's been a very interesting week too. I think a lot of a, a lot of our predictions have been... It's too early to say, but semi-right. I yeah, think. I, I think, I think we did pretty good this year, and some of the predictions that we made fell in the right place. And obviously, we are going to be introducing this season a storyline tracker. And I think the number one thing, that the the major thing we're going to put in is we're just going to do a heat check at some points of the season to see how accurate our predictions are. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. And the first thing that I want to say is it looks like we were a bit cold on the Thunder. I'm still not keen on the team in general. I, I, I think the it's still a very flawed team. I think you said something interesting to me the other day when you said uh, they are doing well right now, but they're not going to be able to sustain that kind of level. What, what, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Okay, because the... Th- the the interesting thing about the team right now is like I think defensively they're still very solid. They they are miss they are missing Durant and they are missing Ibaka. But the pieces that they're using right now to replace them are serviceable. I mean, um Robeson's still a very good defender. Uh Oladipo has his moments. But the th- the whole thing about the team has been offensively they've basically just been playing through Russell Westbrook and when he's off they play through Oladipo and though they have been playing very well I don't see how this is going to keep sustaining itself through the season and you know when you're when you're playing you know two games and three nights or like three games and four nights and you have these situations when you're just playing a shit like you know, week after week, just shits tons of games. I don't see how they can keep playing at this level without uh, minutes management. Are, are they not going to get better, though, like as they progress, as they continue to develop and find them their positioning on the field and, you know, like, you know, find find each other's comfort zones and stuff? See, here's the thing, right? I'm I'm still not too sure of... Um, it's Billy Donovan, right? Yeah, yeah, Billy yeah, Donovan. So he, he, I think he did quite well in the playoffs last yeah. year. So I, I, we, we, I said this at the end of maybe in the preseason, but I said this quite a while back, which was he's. We respect him now as a coach who makes very good adjustments for the team in a, in a playoff series. So game to game, he's actually quite good at deciding. Okay, this is how we're going to beat the team ahead of us because they do this, this, this. This is how we're going to beat it. Right. But what. He hasn't really shown that has been important. Is he hasn't been able to show that this is our going to be our team, like consistency through the um, the season? Because last year there were just was like they they didn't really find good lineups until they got to you know basically play the same opponent again and again and again. I I think that's a little bit harsh to be honest because I mean it was his. Essentially, his first year. Oh last yeah, year. yeah. No, that's true. And but, uh, he, the lack of consistency is not just in the 
style of um, you know the team they're fielding out, fielding out there, they've got a completely different team to to what they were last yeah. year. And the team is doing quite well right now. But the reason I bring this up is because outside of the basically three, uh, wait. I keep thinking something happened to Kanto recently. I, I'm pretty sure that hasn't. But like outside of Oladipo, outside of Westbrook, they've been playing very, how should I put it, one-dimensional basketball. Um, they traded away Ilyasova, and I, I don't know if that's a good decision because Ilyasova was um, shooting shooting the ball quite well for them, especially on the three-point line. They remove like basically they're also again removing. Uh, floor spacing, but they in return they got someone who was very very athletic. It was what did you say his name was? I know his last name is Grant. Oh, Jeremy Grant. Yeah. So very athletic, very interesting player, but very again very raw. Not can't. It's not a very good shooter. So it it there's just it's the game plan like the game plan from the management's a little bit weird in my opinion. If you want to bottle it up to saying to to something that people can digest, I think it's just. The team needs a little bit more time to kind of show what they're capable of. We there only there is only kind of one or two things that we are sure about in this team, and one of them is Russell Westbrook is always going to be a superstar for this team. He's one yep. of the best players in the league, so they've got that to bank yep. on. And I'm just going to say the you know the supporting cast is decent, and you got guys like Oladipo and Cantor and Stephen Adams who recently signed a huge contract. Um, guys like that that um, potentially might become like good, you know, supporting cast for him, and a few maybe potential all stars in there, uh, you know, minor yeah. minor all stars in there. From from the perspective of wh- where I'm seeing is that uh, having lost such a massive talent like Kevin Durant, what they're doing now is uh, is better than is 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 better than just blowing it up completely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just yeah, I I think the interesting thing is. Yeah, Russell, Russell Westbrook this year is going to have the really big... He has to make the decision in games. Are my teammates like doing well, or do I really just have to carry the team really hard tonight? I think when you watch the game that they played against Golden State, the latter is a bit more true. They He really tried to win that game for them. Yeah. And it was very emotionally charged game. And yeah. the way that that went down I thought was probably the best thing that could have happened you know there wasn't too much animosity on the court they were kind of laughing it off and stuff and I think I think it it was kind of classy thing to, a classy kind of game to happen and it was appropriate that the Warriors won because they just absolutely overpowered them you know in almost all aspects yeah the, yeah. the Warriors the Warriors were a well-balanced scene in that game the, the Thunder were not like that really showed that kind of the difference between Oladipo, Westbrook, Adams, and then just the drop-off of what, what the rest of the team is. I think a few teams that we are kind of feeling good about at this point, uh, I'm liking the look of the Utah Jazz. So how Gordon Hayward's coming back, yep. and he's going to be a huge plus to that team. They're looking I, all right. Did, I think he played his first game today. Yeah, he, he, he actually, the I think lineup. you might yeah. be right. This is we're, we're talking basically, obviously, on Monday afternoon. They just beat the Knicks. I watched the Knicks play Chicago as well, actually. Yeah, now yeah. that you mentioned that, that was um that was quite an interesting game. Derrick Rose is looking pretty good, I have to say. Yeah, he's he has been looking 
um, quite good. But the, there, are, you can tell that he hasn't played with the team in the preseason. Like, there's quite yeah. a few moments where it's he, either he doesn't quite get the pass to where he, the, his teammate is because he just wasn't quite sure of it, or he just passes to where, you know, just to an empty space. Yeah, yeah. He's not, I, yeah. The teams, obviously, we're talking about the Knicks now. We're just going, you know, going team to team because there's so much stuff happening. Yeah. Um, and I don't even remember, I didn't even remember, that the, it didn't even occur to me that I watched this game because I was so <laughs> excited for Warriors-Lakers, you know. That, yeah. was, that was the main event of the day. It just yeah. happened to be on. And, uh, yeah, the Knicks are very hard to dislike right now. Yeah. They're I, very hard to dislike. They have a lot of fun players. You've got Derek Rose playing really well. Um, Joe Kim Noah is actually looking like he's got a bit of life left in him still. Yeah. Even though he's making a few mistakes out there. But, you know, you, you kind of expect that to happen. A lot of plays run through him for some reason. He's a great passer. They, they, absolutely. And they, and, they, and they actually recognize that and facilitate that. Camelo is always going to be really good. Yeah. Camelo's being Camelo. And I think he's actually probably in the best place in his entire career right now in terms of just being the complete player that he is I, I think doesn't so. need to carry yeah. the team he yeah. absolutely does not need to put the team on his back he is still clutch so he can he has the ability to do that he gives them an out you know what I mean yeah and he can play his position he can defend he can score he can do all sorts of things he scored 28 points today and uh, obviously Kristaps Porzingis he's going to continue to pr- improve this season on a really on the back of an amazing rookie campaign yeah. and the way that the Knicks were playing were a bit messy Better looking than the Chicago offense, though. That just looks unbelievably unwatchable. I can't look. Here's the thing. Here's, here's my strategy to watching Chicago's Bulls games this season. Chicago Bulls games this season. When D Wade is on the court, just keep your eye on him because that's the only thing that's actually good. Interesting. Good to watch okay. on that side. It's not very nice right now. Because they started the season really well with the pace and space style that we talked about. Yeah, so it might be really like working for them but it's not very attractive right the the way that you know i don't think you've ever liked jimmy butler's way of playing the game anyway um i'm yeah you know when he's the 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 second guy that's on the team yeah uh rondo looks like a husk to be honest of his former self and yeah it doesn't he doesn't look amazing d wade look is looking really good shooting a lot of threes yeah, very surprisingly yeah. making and shooting and making a lot of threes, which is okay. really nice to see him like, yeah. you know, molding his game into that kind of old man game that he's now starting to develop. Yeah, which is fine. So going back to the Gordon Hayward thing, yeah, I think if you're right in saying he played his first game today, he had a great game as well. Hundred okay, percent from good. the line, fourteen and fourteen, twenty eight nice, points, nice. and they 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 beat the Knicks as well. Yeah, which I, is fun. I, the, the the Jazz is uh, very, still a very interesting team. Like Favors, I th- is is Favors on so, full minutes yet? Favors is on twenty seven minutes. He doesn't look like he's on full starters minutes right now. Okay, yeah, because I he had I know he had minutes restrictions because he had a few um, injury scares early, yeah. earlier. Yeah, so they're playing a little bit more Lyles. They're playing a little bit more. Yeah, and Dante Exum's on restricted minutes as well, which is interesting. They're still taking a little bit of time to move back in. Hey, here's a question. Do you think Exum comes back to the starting lineup once he regains, once he gets to 100%? Honestly, I don't know because we haven't seen enough Exum. This is the big thing. Exum yeah. is still such a big question. Because you can make the point. You could you can make the argument that George Hill's doing pretty well right well, now. The thing is, George, that's the starting spot because he is a yeah. starting point guard. George Hill has always been a very good point guard. Yeah. And that's, well, you know, but he's. Well, very good is a bit of a stretch. Maybe just a serviceable yeah, starting a, point. He's guard. He's been yeah. a solid starting point guard. Like maybe not the best passer, but like pretty decent scorer. Pretty like he can get the offense running. But yeah, XM is just such a. He's got so many question marks. He's like he's big. He's quick. 
he ha- we he has the vision like we've seen him with that ability and he can he we he can score but he's not a really good shooter there's mm. just so many question marks around surrounding his play style how he will fit with the rest of the jazz team but the, you know the, the the dream is to run that Dexum um Exum Hood Hayward favors Gobert lineup and you basically just have a lineup which can do everything and mm. everyone is huge the yeah. shortest player is six six that's a that's a anti warriors lineup. Yeah, and and the thing is, all of them can switch, apart from Rudy Gobert, who's the only pure center. But he doesn't really need to switch, does he? Because all he needs is just kind of stand in the middle and protect the rim. Yeah, exactly. And even then, he can still shift his feet enough that he can disturb shots on the perimeter. So this is a very, very intriguing, like, on-the-rise team. Should we talk about another on-the-rise team quickly? Let's talk about the Kings. Uh, You said you've been enjoying them recently. They've been surprisingly good. Um, I think the I think the big thing is that this coaching change for, has been really really good for them. Um, they've got uh the Memphis coach from last year. Yes, yeah, so they got Dave Yeager. He yeah. is a guy who will go in and emphasize the grind, obviously, because he carried on that grit and grind style in Memphis quite well. Yeah, in my I, opinion. I think he recognizes what his players' strengths are, and he plays quite well to them. Like he understands this is how we should win games with the players I have. Mm. Right. I mean, th- I think they really showed last year when he was basically coaching a team in Memphis which had no players. And they were still, like, you know, kind of dragging themselves towards the finish line. And they did indeed drag themselves all the way into the playoffs, too. Yeah. So they've been, yeah, they've been good. I, um, Boogie has been very, very, very good this season. I think he's playing a lot, um, not not just like calmer, but happier in a way. Like, he'll still, he'll still be Boogie, but. I think he has more faith that this, like his, he has more, much more faith in his coach and his team this year. Right. I think that's really, I think that's really, really beneficial because last year, it, you remember that at this point last year, it was just like God drama or had already started yeah. for the Kings. And yeah, so this it has been quite interesting to see that. It's a, what we're saying, I think is it's a uh, uncharacteristic, easy start for them. Yeah, that's I think that's also true. Yeah, I'm surprised that Macklemore didn't get any playing time today. I'm interested to know why that is. I think it's early on the season; they're still trying to figure out lineups and stuff. Uh, Macklemore has been having just a rough time. Like he's, um, just like he here's a here's a very big here's a player who needs a, he needs confidence. When you you can tell when he doesn't play with confidence, he plays horribly. Like mm. there's just nothing there. But when he's confident, he can make shots. He plays good defense. He's doing the, all the right things. And so you reckon he may have been like, you know, maybe just like sit me out for this game, and we'll have, you know, maybe he's going through some stuff right now. You got to talk to the coach. Well, the, show a bit more in practice and earn some more minutes back. I don't know. Like yeah, the, the big example does it was, help um, confidence to bench a guy like this and not play him at all? Well, the big example was just the like last week when they played the um, Spurs. Mm-hmm. Like he was doing well. He was hitting shots. And then Kawhi just strips him twice. And then he's gone. And then you just instantly pull him. Right. I mean, at that point, you can't play him. Because like, if the ball goes back to him, you know, just will, will he, will he be it, ready? Yeah. Will he be like, okay, I could take Kawhi? Like, you know, what do you think that? Yeah. So, like, it, it's, it's, yeah, he's still, he's not, he's, he's still, like, pretty young and he's very athletic. He's got potential, but it's just, yeah, it's just one of those situations where, I feel like if he started off in another team, which had a happy, were the happier situation, I think he would be a better player than he is right now. Look at this game, by the way, Mavericks Bucks eighty six to seventy five OT. Maver- um, the Bucks scored one point in OT. 
Yeah, that, that's, that, that's that's pretty fair, I think. That's that's terrible. Man, they really collapsed there. The Bucks have been doing all right, though, and but they were a team that were pretty high on at the start of the season. I think Giannis and both Giannis and Jabari Parker had pulled amazingly well, uh, have yeah. been pulling amazingly well so far. They both scored 27 points in a game against the Pacers back on Friday our time. Yeah. That was a pretty um, you know dominant game from them. You can see, look at the stat line here from Giannis. You can see this 27 points, not a seven rebounds, nine assists. And from Jabari, 27 points, eight rebounds, three assists, and four of six from three point. His three point range has been looking good. And yeah. that has been benefiting the team spacing a lot. Yeah. And I think the only thing that they're really missing right now is they really need um, the shooting guard back, not for life of me remember the name right now. Oh, Chris Middleton. Yes. Yes. Like they really need him back right now. That, that's, yeah, that's, honest, true. that's honestly it. I think this team is really missing it's uh, missing a lot of guard depth, mm, mm. Um, and it's it's a bit of a sh- like, a lot of these a lot of these like you know doing quite starting quite well teams are a lot of but you know falling against some of the more or the the younger starting quite well teams. It's just they're missing a few key players, yeah, who really would be helping them right now. But yeah, um. Anything, Anything else? Who, who's been impressing you lately? So the big standouts from the start of the season have basically been Russell Westbrook, DeMar DeRozan has been playing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Davis has is very is having a very fantastic season despite the fact his team is absolute dog shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, so the Pallies are terrible. As They're so unlucky because one is Drew Holiday's not playing because his wife is currently... Um, well, his yeah, wife, just recovering from a uh, successful brain brain surgery. Yeah, so yeah. you know, like that's understandable, but it's very unlucky for the Pelicans. I think Lance Stevenson's out now. Oh, is he? He's actually he's actually was having a like an okayish Lance Stevenson season. Like it wasn't bad. I think he was actually a kind of more positive side for right. the Pelicans. Right. Oh man, that's really that's tragic. <laughs> and now it's kind of like, oh, um, Buddy hasn't been good. Right. I think a player like that, it's easy to kind of say, look, they, they look so good in the preseason, look so good in college. I think a player like that is now, just now realizing the rigors of the schedule. Yeah, I think that I think that's true too, especially because um, I think it's, it's especially true for players coming out of college like after a while, like when they've been, coll- when they've been in college for a while, like they kind of get used to what the college game is and what the college schedule is like and all that stuff. But then when you hit the NBA schedule and it starts off, you're like, oh, you know, this this isn't too bad. And then it really hits you. It's like, this is what the NBA game is about. This is how they play the game. I think that's a bit of a, I think that's a big, bigger adjustment than the, like basically you're a better basketball player, but you have to make more adjustments to get used to the NBA game than the one and done guys. Because the one and done guys is like, okay, we were were in the um, high school level and okay, and, after that, it's like one year of college, and it's like okay, whatever. And then you hit the NBA. You don't have to. Make, you don't have habits. You have. You don't have a like, a, like schedule of this is how the season goes. This is how we have to play the game. You know, you don't have those. Ha- you don't have those things set yet. Whereas I think, yeah, for the old older college players, they have these things, and they have to like remember this is not this is not the same game anymore. Mm, mm, good point. So, uh, okay, should we talk about one? Should we do a focus on a game now? Um, 
Do we want to talk about the NBL before the Warriors? I think we'll talk about the NBL at the end. Okay, that, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, 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 we've been watching a lot of NBL games. <laughs> yeah, we, we, so, we just want to enjoy basketball in all the forms that we can get. Exactly. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. But, no, we're, we're not going to talk about free tickets. No, <laughs> no we, we, we have been getting a lot of free tickets. <laughs> That's been good. That We've been yeah. on that free ticket buzz. Um, one thing about free tickets is I just want to... Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I will forget later on. How many more free tickets can we get before it gets a little bit like taboo like i mean how, how many more free tickets did we get before we're just leeching um I, I, until um, until justin finds it a little bit embarrassing to ask yeah i think <laughs> but that's the thing like just imagine if we buy tickets and we show up and it would be really weird she's like oh we, i could have gotten you these tickets for yeah. free and, and also like because then we'll be like oh but we feel bad but then she'll also be like oh man you could you know you could have just come to that's me that's a conversation i don't want to have so exactly. maybe we should just keep getting them we'll just keep doing it until eventually she stops smiling and then that'll be the point where it's like okay we've gone too far yeah well, maybe <laughs> she just gets an allocation of tickets and just gives them away anyway yeah i think i think that's like she i think she just gets free tickets but i don't want to get in a situation where she wants to give the tickets to somebody else yeah, exactly. And then it's like, ah, oh, and then, ah, oh, it's so awkward. Anyway, um, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> we're getting free tickets to Breakers games. It's awesome. Uh, okay. Focus on one game. Uh, this week, I want to talk about Lakers-Warriors, the game that's on everybody, like literally the, that's got the league buzzing at the moment. I think there are a few things that, in terms of noise, that we need to get out of the way early, and that is everything aligned so, so people are saying like this is an amazing win. I, I agree. I, as a Lakers fan, I, I absolutely loved it. You should. Jono and I were jumping up and down like basically the whole game. You can picture this. Yeah, I can picture this. You can picture this. And when that Larry Nance dunk happened on David West, oh yeah, oh yeah, my I know god, that. that I was like, that's some. Um, so that's play of that's going to be in top ten, right? And it was like, no, 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 <laughs> that's play of the night. That's yeah. like the, without a question, that is play of the night, and it was. Yeah. And um, so a few bits of noise I want to get out of the way. It's an amazing win. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree. I think importantly, you have to mention that a lot of things came together to make this win possible as well. First and foremost, they've got Luke Walton, yeah, who's starting to look like one of the best free agent coaching signings of the off season so far. Yeah, and we both liked that. So. And yeah, I mean, we we love Luke Walton. Uh, he's you know, every from everything that you can see is a really cool guy. Uh, he was a famous Laker, obviously a legendary Los Angeles Laker, <laughs> who was there throughout some of, you know, who won two rings yeah, with us. exactly. He went to, um, won a ring with the Golden State Warriors. He was the champion of that massive early season winning streak. You know, everything yeah. kind of uh, kind of showed that he's a, a good guy who likes to take care of his, um, his, his team. And I think uh, I'm really, really glad to have a coach like that. And obviously he knows all the Warriors plays as well. Yeah, Some true. of those like like whirlwind kind of plays where they have just players running from wing to wing, uh, use, utilizing low and high screens, yeah. and use, using the center as a pivot point at the at, at the point position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those plays are being run on Saturday night, or you know Friday, whatever the the day was in America. But anyway, uh, on the day that we saw it, right? And I could see Warriors plays being run for the baby Lakers. So there's one thing. So you've got the coach that can that knows how to beat the Warriors because he, you know, he was there in the creation of the Warriors system. Another thing is they've just come off a back to back, right? That's yeah. important to mention. I don't want to be the party pooper that says, oh, but they were tired. They obviously were. Very, very emotional game against Kevin um, Russell Westbrook in the Thunder. They, you know, scored like almost 130 points that game. Huge, yep. huge, huge win. Um, and finally, I have to say that it's starting to become apparent now to even people that don't follow the NBA as closely as we do that Andrew Bogut's a massive loss. 
a massive, yeah. massive loss to to the team. And I think it's not going to become apparent until, you know, fully apparent until later on. I don't think Zaza Pachulia is a particularly good replacement for Bogut. Just because yeah. you lose out in the rim protection, number one. Okay, the obvious thing. But the second thing is, Andrew Bogut is an amazing passer. And Zaza's just not that good in terms of that filling up that gap. No, he's not quite the same player. Um, I'm just thinking about this. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, 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 did, I definitely do agree with that. I think it is, it's just like the Warriors have to make adjustments on how their game is played, which hasn't happened yet. I mean, um, like coming into the game, Clay has been played terribly. Mm. Like he's playing defense, but offensively he's been playing terribly. Um, you know, you already touched on the fact that, uh, you know, the boat. I've already forgotten his name, but. Yeah, you already talked about talking about? Um, you know, losing Boga and replacing him with... Petrulia. Petrulia. It just isn't quite the same. I think uh, David West hasn't been particularly fantastic. I have a theory about David West. Okay. I think he's championship cancer. Like, think about moving from the move, moving from the Pelicans or the Hornets or whatever to the Pacers to play with Paul George. Yeah. Didn't go well. I They went really well. It, Relatively, uh, the f- in the first year, I think he got the fact he he got the idea that hey, maybe we can win a ring, but they kind of fizzled out. Yeah, and then going well, to the Spurs didn't go well. Didn't go well for David West. Well, you can't. Like, it's like you can't blame him for the paces. Like that one was not like it was a no way like his fault. Right, right. You know, Paul George got fucked up. No, but he might be cursed. He might have been cursed. And nobody knew, right? He might play excellently. He might still be cursed. But he hasn't been. I'm sure, let, let me shit post in okay, peace. Okay, let me okay, shit post okay, in peace. Okay. It comes to the Warriors, not as good. Not just not as good. I don't know. He, he gets posterized by Larry Nance Jr., man. He's just he hasn't been that great since well, since last year, to be honest. But as I say, who who else is I, I think losing Barbosa is actually a big problem for them. Yeah, I think Barbosa's still really quite good, isn't he? He's still a um, really nice bench player for any team, really. He, he's been he's been like average for the Suns, but I think I think the biggest thing is just that they need they really need that spark off the bench. Mm. Like that guy who will just go out and do mm. things. And like Sean Livingston's a great player, but he's not He's not a spark guy. He's a guy who goes out there and makes everything work well. But he's yeah, he's not that change of pace spark. Uh, are guy. you beginning to be afraid of the fact that Andre Godala might be receding quite badly? Yeah, that is also a little bit of concern. But I think Andre Godala is just like he, he he'll when when the when things really get tough, he'll figure out what to do. And I don't think he's someone you should really be concerned about yeah, until okay. things get really really bad. Right, fair enough. And yeah. But I don't know. But that's coming into the game. Okay, so in the game, mm-hmm. this is the first thing I mm-hmm. want to ask. Yeah, sure. What were what were the things that really shut down the Warriors in terms of just was it was it like was it ball ball denial? Was it um, denying ball movement? What was the thing that the Lakers were really running? The I I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Lakers were able to score so well in transition and so well. On the scoring end, you know, yeah, score quickly, yeah, and then 
they just had fresher legs and they were able to run back. And you can see on every single defensive play the Lakers made, they were running to their positions very well and they were marking their man very well and they weren't giving up on that. Okay, and I think yeah. that's one of the things that Luke Walton uh, emphasized very early on. In the first quarter, we just started opening up a lead and then the Warriors started clawing it back in the second quarter. There was a uh, wired section, you know, when they wire in the oh, coaches. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was just like, guys, you know, you just got to play confidently. You just got to, all you have to do is just be comfortable with, you know, who you're guarding and you'll be fine. And I think that was probably the thing that, that Walton was preaching throughout the entire game, which is basically, we just got to stay in front of this team. And it worked oh, yeah. really well. I mean, on the other hand, yes, the Warriors basically shot themselves out of the game in a way. Steph Curry, 0 of 10, as you know, broke, yeah. the, broke the streak yeah. of 157 games, three consecutive games of a three-point yeah. completely. I mean, he has to start from zero again. It gives me great satisfaction to be the <laughs> to, to see that streak end, you know, because no one likes, like, super long-ass streaks. They become boring. Like, did you even remember that he was on that? Did you um, remember that was actually still happening? I knew he was on a streak, but I just didn't care how many games. Exactly, right? You lose a little bit of interest. But anyway, so Steph Curry shot himself out of the game. Uh, Clay Thompson was very, very bad. Pretty much yeah. anonymous throughout the game. Although the most anonymous player out there was Draymond Green. See, that's always that's always been a player that I think a lot of um, commentators talk about. Yeah. That if he doesn't get go- if he doesn't get going, the mm. team doesn't get. It's not he doesn't have to be putting up numbers, but mm. he has to have the energy and the fire, and that gets the whole team going. Yeah. So and, I don't know. Like, you know, I think the Lakers have a version of Draymond Green that might even turn out to be better than Draymond Green, and that's Larry Nance Jr. Just because I think he's got, I think he's got a clearer head when he's out there. You know, right, right, he's, right. He's super young, but when he's out there, he does everything really well, and he makes very, very few mistakes. It's just the little things. It's one of those players that you love to watch in every single position, defensively and offensively. Just where he stands, you know, how he positions his body to shut down lanes, uh, how he gets into the lane for, um, you know, get gets boxes out for rebounds. You know, how he runs up and down the court. Even it's just really, really fun to watch. It's one of those players that I really enjoy, and I think. The lineups worked really well in in the fact that Walton continued to cycle the players in such a way that there was always someone fresh on the Warriors' stars, and they never gave them a chance. Steve Kerr had to completely shift the way that they were playing, starting in the second quarter, moving into the third quarter, by scoring more inside. And you see that they went on something like a 12-0 run from just scoring on the inside and from the mid-range. Right. from players like Steph Curry, starting to you know do that kind of inside kind of play. Yeah, Sean Livingston as well. Um, you know, good inside scoring guard. Yeah, big guy. And uh, we started to respond to that by rebounding much better, getting into positioning on the opposite side of the basket right, much better right, to be right, able to right. get those misses. And we started the game rebounding well. There was a little bit of a slump, and then we rebounded well again. And that I think was able to main was was able to help us maintain the lead, and the thing is when when we, when I watch the Warriors, I'm always scared of the Warriors having that third quarter surge. They yeah. always have it, right? Yeah, it just always happens. coming out of the break. The lead was just too great. We we opened up the lead in the first and second quarter, and we got out of the second quarter pretty much unscathed, even though it looked like they were going to start yeah. taking the lead, yeah. and it ended up in a rack to rack win. They never t- overtook us once. 
and um, the the third quarter st- the spurt happened and it got down to something like four four three or four points right and it started looking a bit scary but then they just ran out of steam completely again you know you can't have you, you got to have players all the players were like were like they were on a cold night yeah, yeah. it's it's also really hard to go on super extended runs of basketball you know yeah There's, i mean basketball's a game of runs right yeah. after all like it's short runs yeah, yeah. I like okay observations from today's game mm-hmm. of, about of watching the Lakers is your defense the Lakers defensive rotations are very smart even though they don't they don't have the biggest people mm. um the way the defenders rotate especially on drives to the rim yep. is is um they there's really early recognition for a start yep. so the bigs will re- recognize usually recognize early and then what happens is the sick the cover guys will move quite quickly too yeah so that the the pass out is just isn't as a, as, as dangerous a thing it's like i was saying before you you see them very rarely give up on plays yeah yeah I, I, and you know to I, the point they're gonna get in foul trouble like a lot this season you're gonna yeah. see that happening but like you know i think that's better than if you just like let you know if you just compromise on things on defense yeah i like the the the, there are still little like flaws that you can see like there's you know breakdowns and plays especially just in terms of um i think the big offenders they're not very good at double teaming yet yes like they don't know exactly who should be double teaming and that that often means someone can go to the basket for free yes but when it's just when it's a one on one situation and someone gets beaten, that defensive rotation is quite solid from the Lakers right now. Mm. I, th- I I quite enjoy seeing that. Offensively, I don't know how the Lakers score so many points. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'll tell you. I, I I'll attempt to answer the question. Right, there's some breakdowns in this team on offense that happen, but the individual talent on this team is pretty good. That's and that's the way that you end up winning the breakdowns as well as winning set pieces the set pieces are good you can see that the offense yeah. is flowing very well there are a lot of pick and rolls yep um, there, there's a lot of off-ball movement which lot, I really like. there's a lot of off-ball movement you know you sit you sit good down screens you sit good pinch plays like that and yeah. they you know you have players that pop out in the, into the corners guys like nick young for example who really really excel at doing that kind of thing this is something where i, I mentioned during the weekend game um, watching the nbl game um, which I, I criticize the NBL for, but this is something the Lakers do very well, is they're moving before the pass hits the guy with the ball. Yeah. Or who's getting the ball. So that means the re- the rest of the offensive motion is already getting set. So even before this guy has... So the guy receiving the pass, right? That means that is an option there. Yeah. But what what, what what happens is when you're when the other guy is already moving into the next phase of it is... This this even though you've created one option, you're also creating one like one like another t- your second and third option. And it's much easier before, to create. It's yeah. much easier to create second and third options without the ball. Yeah, and before the ball even reaches the first option, that means by the time you get the ball at the first option, it's not one option. It's not this is the option. It's mm. the here are now three options, mm, mm. and that makes the diff- uh, offensive position much much better for the Lakers. But they're not. They're still not quite executing it too well. I, the, my one criticism is there's a lot of positions where it ends up like this is the guy who's currently doing oh pretty good. Yeah. He ends up with the ball and he takes a shot. Yeah, there's a. You will get that in a team that is fairly young as well. Yeah. But the individual talent, once again, I think it's really quite great. And yeah. well, you know they're the, working the ball into a good spot, which yeah. is fine. 
It's just I don't quite like often how like the shot's not quite as clean. That's where you see breakdowns happen a lot. Yeah. And when they pick up, it's very satisfying to see when they pick up a breakdown and make something happen out of it still. I think the rebounding's been good as well. I think... Um, yeah, oh, this you, yeah. There, there are very good f- rebounders on this team. I like, I like Tariq Black. I like Randall. Randall has been very good. Tariq Black's a monster on the boards. Eh? Strangely, yeah. yeah. T- Tariq Black is a very interesting player because he's not that big, but mm. he's very strong. Mm-hmm. He's decently effort. He can block shots. That's the thing. Yeah, and he doesn't. It's not like those highlight reel blocks. He goes for smart blocks. Yeah, and he's. He's very. He understands positioning very well, which so is good. kind of what you meant by the bench is quite interesting, isn't it? Because it's yeah. pretty. I think it's a pretty high, high IQ bench. Yeah, most of the bench is pretty good. I'm actually. I actually like that Thomas Robinson is your fifteenth, like basically your fifteenth man. Yeah, almost. Yeah, and because I've always liked Thomas Robinson, he's a very high energy player. He just hasn't had the right situations and the right basketball IQ, and mm. the right quiet skill set. But I think he could. He, even though he wasn't that great today, you like when you saw. I think he has a good spot on the team. There's not much to see when you only play a couple of minutes. To be honest, you can't yeah. really make a you can't really make an informed judgment on that when you just see a couple yeah. of minutes of play. But yeah, a very good offensive rebounding team. That's the thing that about the Lakers, which is quite good to see. They're very hungry for the ball. On one hand, yes. On the other hand, I'm also afraid that that's also because teams are giving them opportunities right now because it's early in the season, and uh, and I, I think they might start struggling a little bit when teams start realizing that they are able to clean up quite well on the offensive boards and they box out a little bit better? Uh yes and no. I think it's more when like the bounce like they're good at they're good at getting those balls which either gets tapped or the bounce is slightly weird. So it ends up like just between the key and um the three point line, like that area. They got they, a guy trailing, yeah. Yeah, they they're quite good at scrambling for the offensive board. The one concern is the Lakers are not that great a defensive rebounding team. Yes. Yes um, true. Though they are very good, like they are, they have been quite like um, good defensively. I think there's a lot of possessions where, because people want to, how do I put it, get out and run. You see, you see, they'll they'll leave one big basically for the board, and there's often times when people can just get the, like there's quite a few possessions where people just can get their own shot back and go back go back up. Which, which is which is a bit um which is a bit you know a bit of a flaw but you know young team very very positive future and you know yeah really enjoy watching situation. Yeah. I, the game I'm looking forward to with the Lakers is probably the Lakers Kings this weekend it should yeah. be a pretty interesting pretty interesting game uh yeah so that's basically what I observed from the game you got any other have you got any other burning questions from what I saw from the game at all okay what I do want what I am wondering is. How are they dealing with um with the Lakers' ability? I mean, with the Warriors' ability to switch on um just basically switch players between positions, basically. Because the Lakers are the Lakers are very quite a versatile line can run quite versatile lineups, right? But um, as in as in like. Defensively, how are they like? How are they managing this? Like, do they are they calling like are they calling early switches or are they waiting for um, are they waiting for the screen play to roll out first, then deciding at that point? I actually don't think the Warriors were screening very. The the Warriors screens were very strong yeah. the other night, so it's hard to see. Okay, but um, a lot of the time, I didn't see pe- players go under screens. You know, I yeah. didn't see players switch to the you know, switch in, the, in an inopportune time. Yeah. And to be honest, 
they were giving them a lot of shots as well. Okay, right. So the Warriors weren't exactly struggling to find a shot. They were just struggling to connect oh, the shot. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other end of the court, I think Lakers have a, currently have a tendency to uh, decide quite early on. You can see quite early on whether or not it's going to be a perimeter play or is it going to be an inside play. Right. You know, you can see players starting to, as you described before, the ball is even passed, starting to move to those corners. Yeah. And then... The and then when that pass connects, usually it ends up with a bucket. Yeah. Otherwise, you see drives. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. A very very little individual play in the post right now. And despite the fact that we've got Julius Randle who who's excels in doing that kind of thing, I think he just needs a little bit more time to make a little bit more of an impact there. I I think Randle is actually in the right spot this year. I think okay. Oh the, yeah. Oh, the, 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 no the big, stand, the it, big yeah. standout for me this year is actually Randle. Mm-hmm. I think. Out of all the younger players, he's um, shown the most growth, shall we say? Right, because um, that's what know, that's what happens to you when you watch the entire season on the sideline. Yeah, you know, and just thinking about the fact that he should be in there. Well, it's like last year when we got to watch him, he had a quite a, he had a few good games, but the big thing that was kind of you know is he would run at the rim, and that would be it. He would just run at the rim, and it would not be. Well, we only saw him in basically one game last season. Yeah, but yeah. That, that was like a common criticism last year. It was just the fact that he would run at the rim. He doesn't really understand. He doesn't use the rest of his game. This is how you can tell he's a smart player because you would, you know, he would be sitting on the sideline there and he realizing this kind of stuff and just like learning yeah. from watching the game is like for, for you know, for a smart player can be extremely beneficial because you start picking up on the nuances of what's going on and you're actually paying attention to your job. Yeah, which is good. Good to see. Because yeah, I, I um the versatility of a skill set is something that is really standing out to me this year. I think the fact that he's recognizing that he can run with the ball and that he's a decent passer doesn't mean he has to just go at the rim. He's definitely shown a lot more this at the at the very start of the season than I expected. I expect him to slowly mold into this kind of player by the end of the season. Yeah, so it's a good starting point, and I think. Uh, last year he was out with that broken leg. Uh, not much was, not too much was wasted in terms of development. He made good use of the time that he had off. That was two years ago. Was it? Yeah, no. Was last two la- years last year is just his, him getting benched a lot by Byron Scott because Byron Scott's an idiot. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, last year that was. The, but the, the thing, the the big thing that it's standing. The other big thing that's standing out. He's understanding how to take get the easy shots. Like he understands that he doesn't have to force the ball, and then it's it's better to create and then take the easy shots when they come. That is something that's really, for me, that's been quite good. Yeah, that he's understanding how the a lot better how offense flows and works in the NBA. Because um, I think so far he's shooting a much better field goal percentage in comparison to last year. Even though he averaged the double double last year. Yeah, no, he um, absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, like this year. His field goal percentage is, like, I think, like almost twenty percent higher, mm. and it's just it's just good to know. It's just good to watch that he un- like he yeah, he understands this is like when like how to get easy shots, and that's honestly all he needed to do. And that's that's it's been yeah, great. It's not too much variance from the amount of shots he's actually taking. It's just he's getting into better spots. The team is a lot more open now as well, though. He's got a lot more. He's got a lot more places to play with. Oh yeah, no, this, this team just runs the much better than last year. It's not it's not the Kobe. Fiesta anymore. No. Yeah. Man, this is how much I've blocked last year's Byron Scott campaign out of my memory, <laughs> eh, honestly. 
yeah. All right. Well, um, so we've been going to a lot of a lot of NBA games lately. Yep. We've been to two with Kirk Penny scored twenty seven and thirty points respectively. The biggest thing that I found about the Breakers is that they, for Hanare's offense to work, you got to have a point guard that knows how to initiate. I don't think it's just that. I think they need to be really, um, how do I put it? Like, in command is how I'd put it. Right. Like, they need that, that point guard has to be in command. Because, um, Twitter. Yep. I think is a very serviceable point guard. Yes. But the problem is, is he doesn't have that same command of the team that... That Woodside had. That Woodside had, So yeah. the news is Woodside, in a in a win against the Melbourne United, um, I think fucked his ankle up. Yeah. Or something like that, to the point where I think he might actually be released this year, and they might bring someone else in. So it's going to be interesting to see who, who comes in. But um, he was one of those point guards that could securely bring the ball down the court and you know and initiate and be like as you say in command of the offense yeah he really gets that offense going not just initiate he makes sure it flows where it should be going good rebounding guard as well there was a thing that they're gonna be struggling there it's i think they only won this weekend against the brisbane bullets on two things number one the bullets have a better offense clearly Andre Lamanis's offense was something that New Zealand breakers may be probably pretty familiar with. It's very, very fast, fast-moving, free-flowing offense. But they just didn't have the finishes. Yep. And two, you know, when you have a guy like Kirk Penny score 30 points, you know, it's very difficult to lose from that position. That's a good position to be in. Exactly. But The team so far, I mean, there's a lot of players there that have been around for a long time now. Longer than this podcast has been there, been around at least. Like Alex Pledger, for example. Yeah. He's still got some problems with his hands. I think there's inherent inherent problems. But I think he's developed into a pretty good pretty good player. It's 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 a it's a pretty big big man. You know, it's a pretty common big man problem. And yeah. it's just, you know, hands get too big, not just don't have that dexterity anymore. They've got some pretty interesting players on the roster this season though. Like Twitter, for example, very interesting kind of player. Yep. Um, Rob Lowe, that guy, who, the, the the seven-footer, essentially, that can shoot a three-ball. Yeah, I like him. He, he's solid, um, you know, doesn't quite crash the boards as hard as we like. But yeah. The only problem that I think we're both kind of seeing in the team is Corey Webster's maturity on the court as a problem, I think. Yeah, no, Corey Webster just... I dislike the way he plays when he's not scoring. Yeah. It's just not... Defensively, he tends to ball watch a lot. He, he, yeah, he has a tendency to ball watch, any, or he just won't. Um, he just won't really run with his player. Mm. He'll just kind of lag behind a little bit, and that means he gets caught on screens really easily. Yeah. Um, Sometimes yeah. I don't understand how some of those three pointers go down. It's like it. Yeah. It, it's like you take those shots, yes, but like, wow, I I can't believe this they're going down. I I think I think Coral Webster takes two good shots again. That's how I put it. He takes two good Out shots of like again. Ten, yeah. And then the rest of the shots either fall or they don't. Yeah. And the rest of the ten is how he got scouted into the NBA. Yeah, it's <laughs> and almost it's, made it. It's it's just uh, I I I I the thing that the red thing that really confuses me is he's not his handles aren't quite as good and he's not quite as quick as I thought he was. No, he's definitely not, definitely not a one. No, and he's definitely not a three. And he's gonna, he's kind of playing the position on the court right now as a two. You kind of need to be one of the most the more level headed guys out there, 
and yeah, just play so. your role. Yeah. Because the two more and more in today's league is getting pigeonholed into like, you know, a pretty like not particularly three dimensional position anymore. I, I think it depends on the player, but I think in this situation it's more the fact that the two is your is not the main scoring option in isolation. But you need to be a good perimeter player on both ends of the court, basically. Yeah. You just gotta be probably the best perimeter player on the court at all times. Probably. And that yeah. kind of fills out your job description of being a good two. Yeah, it's um uh, we've got, you know, Kirk Penny's in, in the two position, the starting lineup, so that's kind of okay. Yeah, that's fine. You're still questioning his shot selection a little bit, despite him being 35 years old and playing for more than 10 teams around the world. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, the thing is, he has a very set play style. We've always, un- like, I've always understood this, at least. Yeah, true. Because I, like, we, we've been watching him play for quite a while. Fair it's enough. just, I've never really liked his play style that much, because it's... Like, and in all honesty, if you break down his game, it's not that exciting to watch. No, it's not. But the thing is, I think he's improved his efficiency a lot throughout his career. And he's gotten yeah. to the point where his play style just works because, you know, coaches can realize that, okay, we, we, we can draw up plays for this guy very easily. He can dominate the offense yeah. very it's, easily. I think a really good comparison for him, in all honesty, is like a Reggie Miller on steroids in terms of just he is huge looking. So he takes hits a lot easier. Right, but yeah, like, yeah. not not as in Reggie Miller on steroids. I.e., like you know, better like, than Reggie Miller. Be- better than Reggie Miller. No, <laughs> sure, but, but maybe in this league, he's about the same level as Reggie Miller. Yeah, but in he, he's like, in the NBA. Yeah, it's because he's so strong, and the and the fact that he's like so relatively big in comparison to a lot of the other two guards. Um, you th- like you feel like sometimes like there might be an advantage there, but, but there might not be. But it's just yeah, it's. He runs a lot of his plays where he's really successful is where he's running off a screen and he's getting a ball, catching and shooting, catching shooting straight away. Yeah, yeah. He's, the fast shot. Yeah, he's his his one flaw which I really dislike is the fact that because of his shooting style, it's very hard to shoot off the dribble for him because mm. he's he he sets both feet and he has a very square shot. Yeah, and when you're shooting off the dribble, it's hard. Like it always surprises me when he can he can get that. He doesn't get that much elevation, and yeah. uh, it's pretty. It's probably quite easy, to, like. That's why he has to do it off screens, I think. His leaner is very good just because like his whole motion from like the shoulder upwards, mm. as long as that motion is set, he's fine. So it doesn't matter necessarily if he's leaning, it's fine because he true. can get that motion off. That's very true. And, and and it's fine. But like otherwise when he's when he's trying to shoot off the dribble and because he doesn't have the elevation as he shoots forward, mm. it's just looks does it just doesn't work very well. Right. And it's a, it's always a little bit short. Um the the other player okay there are, there are two players that have time to talk. Actually, not three. We'll talk about the three other, three of their main players. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll talk about their veteran first. Vakona. Vakona, yes. He's very frustrating. Okay, so he's really the most trick-or-treat player on the team that I feel. When he's on, the team easily wins games. Yeah. But when he's off, oh, it's just really frustrating you know, to watch. He reminds me of Draymond if Draymond had less skill. <laughs> like that's literally how I would think of no, it. Because yeah, when he when he's high motoring and he's really going for the team, the team is fantastic. Yeah, it like, really works. It's absolutely phenomenal. But mm. then when he's not, he doesn't have the things that Draymond have that make him. You know, he can't really shoot the three ball. Yeah, he's not quite a that good a post up player. Yeah, um, he can shoot. He can he can score on a drive. We'll put it he that can way. Score he can drive quite yeah. well. But he'll take really dumb drives who like else? Draymond. Yeah. Okay. Second of all, who, the the person who comes off the bench for him, Mitchell. Akil Mitchell, so yeah. extremely explosive. Extremely explosive. Very raw. Very raw. Um, 
pretty good, pretty decent rebounder. I think that's a, that's the focus of his game that he should be developing because it's something that a lot of NBA teams lack. Yeah, he's re- he relies rebound. a lot on his athleticism in the game, and you can see why he shouldn't be in the starting lineup because of that. Yeah, like when you have a player who just relies on his athleticism for contributing to the game it's not a smart way to play that you can't do it you know for extended periods of time i think he's a very serviceable bench player i think he's i think he's a luxury to have on the bench from the nbl i think one aim for the development team is literally try and get him to a level where he can be a star because i think he could be a better replacement for you know for vakona yeah yeah that's I think that's the kind of positioning that they want to get him in. It's hard to keep these import players like on your team for years. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah. Anyway, that's just the, the the nature of the league. Who else? Um, you know the the the, the mainstay of the team, Abercrombie. Uh, Abercrombie, right? So Abercrombie, I think, is much better than he was a few years ago. I th- I think he's developed his game just like he he's just slowly fill- he's slowly filled out his game. So it's like just like before he was a decently well rounded player, but he was. This is the things he does, but like, he's just getting better at all those things. I think playing in Turkey has really helped. I think yeah. he spent two seasons playing in the Turkish league and for two different teams, and I think that's really helped. He's brought a lot more finesse and refinement to the way he conducts the things that he's always done really well. I think so. There, there is like there is one criticism I have of him. Yeah, sure. Which is the fact that he doesn't take shots he can't make. And you're going to say, like, why is that a criticism? You know, that's mm-hmm. a smart thing. No, I'm to following do. you. I'm following. But he doesn't take the shots that people don't expect him to take. And it ends up in a situation where a lot of the time you feel like he could have just shot the ball, but he'll not. He's pretty. He's predictable. Yeah. He, he'll, he'll make. He'll just make. He'll end up making a pass or he'll delay the position and yeah. it'll end up in a breakdown situation. No, I, can, I feel you. Yeah, no, that, that's, yeah. That's, that's, fair. that's fair to say. Yeah. And I've, it's, it's something that's very frustrating for me to, for watching him because he, he's a decently tall guy with length, and a lot of the other forwards in this league I actually just can't bother him because he's too quick. Yeah. So they don't, put, they don't put a big guy on him, or they, put a, or, like, they either put a big guy on him and he drives. So coach kind of needs to well. give him a green light a little bit. Yeah, and then or he can he he always he has a guy who's really small and he just doesn't do anything with it. Yeah, he just ends up camping in the corner. I'm just like, I've always looked at Tom Abercrombie and thought this is a guy who can average 35 points a game in this in this league if he really wanted to. Yeah, because he he's the guy which I'm like he could be averaging 30 10, like and that that 10 could be assists or rebounds. Like it could be either (laughs) one of them. Absolutely, yeah. And like the thing is the thing about that is he just has to be really like you know fuck it I'm just gonna be the best player by far on this team. And the, the you know what the sad part about watching the Breakers is? This feels like Kirk Spenny's team. It it still it does. It does. And it really shouldn't be. It should be Tom Abercrombie's team. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Is this kind of like is it just cuz like Abercrombie's like, you know, we're like this is okay or whether it's just I don't know. I, I just don't know what it is. I you're really showing your um your talent for for a good eyeball there. Because if, if the advanced stat guys are probably like, no, don't do that, you know. No, he's, exactly. He's, he's being perfect. Yeah, he, you know? he's, he's been doing the exact to, same thing with, with the exact thing we yeah, want. Goes to the spots perfectly and does the exact same things. Yeah, I, 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 I completely see where you're coming from, though, because I always thought that he is the star player on this team, like the quiet star player on this team yeah. that could potentially make a breakout. You're running out of time, though. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's a bit of a shame. Mm. Like, I honestly. Yeah, watch, watching him the past week, he hasn't been bad. He's been very, very solid. He's been I good. I think one of the problems with him is that he is very injury prone. That so is the minute true. You, you know, you, if you want to have a player be in the position to dominate games like that, you probably want him to play a few more minutes. 
Yeah. And you extend his minutes by just a little bit and that's like the You're risk just, the yeah, risk factor blows out exactly. completely. So that's true. Once again, that's another advanced stack guy coming in saying, this isn't possible because, you know, I've done the calculations on this and this is not <laughs> going to work because he's going to blow his ankle out. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's good. We hope to get more free games. Yeah, it'll and be, it'll to be, be honest, good to see their progress during the season. To be honest, though, any Kiwi listeners that are listening in Auckland, I mean, if you've got $10, $15, you should probably make your way down to these games if you're not doing so already. You probably already are. You're probably already yeah. there, like, watching with us. So but These games are solid. This is, the, this is the most personal sport you will get in New Zealand. Yeah, it's so intimate. You can, like, sit right up close yeah. to the players, and you can see everything that's going on, and it's got a family feel to it. And it's, exactly. It's, it's actually really fun. It's it's more fun to me than going to a bloody rugby game in New Zealand. And, you know, I, I, I enjoy rugby to a certain extent. It's just not... Not that exciting. Not as exciting as um, watching basketball. But anyway, yeah, so that's us for the week. Yep. NBA's back. It's been good. We'll see you next week with more action. I think um, we'll bring in a little bit more from our storyline track and just to have a look how the teams are going. And we'll have more game reports for you next week. Thanks for joining us again from the guys here. Uh, see you next week. Bye.